Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, friends. It's Chris. Did you know that Roll to Cast just got nominated by the Australian Podcast Awards for Best Fiction of 2021? I know, that's amazing, right? Along with that, we also got nominated as part of the Listener's Choice Award. And guess what? You're a listener! That's right, I know you've been looking forward to this moment your entire life. Now, as a listener, you get to go to australianpodcastaward.com and go to the Listener's Choice Awards section, where you can vote for us. And if we win, we'll do something dumb. Like, I don't know, eat a bag of lollies. I shouldn't be doing that. I've been looking after my sugar levels, and I can't eat a bag of lollies, but I'll do it. Anyway... If you want to support my lolly habit, go to patreon.com slash babybeard, where for as little as $7 Australian or $5 American, you can join and be part of a special secret section for Discord. I know, all of this is blowing your mind, and there's so much more of Rollscast to come, so don't let me keep you. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to a fantastic episode and the finale of Kids on Bikes, A Mystery Down Under, where we get to talk about everything that just happened. It was a lot. Uh, I, of course, am Ellen, and I've been the GM for this season. Um, Let's throw it around to Sean. Oh, I was Sean and still am Sean, and for this (laughs) season I played uh, Dickie, Dickie Morse. Very nice. Hi, I'm Chris. I played Eric. Hey, I'm Phil. And I play Jono. Jono Smith. Jono Smith. Smith. And what's your last name, Phil? Harker Smith. Yeah, so I think we can start <laughs> right off the bat there. Oopsie doopsie. <laughs> what's wrong with that? I'm just playing myself. No, I, no. I remember recording the uh, the uh, uh, the intro where I wanted to say, and this, as this person. And I went, is Smith twice? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, go, I go to say, and Phil Harker Smith playing Jono Smith (laughs) and it just really took the wind out of my sails it's just one of those things that you don't notice until 
you notice it and then you yeah. can't not notice it. Look, it's so. just it's just because I'm a terrible actor and I, <laughs> and I couldn't remember, like, it, you know, if it wasn't my own name, I wouldn't know to respond. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that is, but I will say that's tacitly not true because you all did fantastic work performing Aww, well, this thank season. You. So if people are new to this episode, what, like, if they've only joined us for Kids on Bikes, what can they expect from this episode? Well, probably a lot of stuff they're not going to understand because this is, this is relation to our whole season of what we've just performed. Uh, what went wrong, what went well, behind the scenes stuff and yeah. and, and the uh Questions and um, from the from the fans, as it were. That's right. That the GM can answer, and also questions from us. Yeah, the, mm, and vice mm. versa from Ellen to us. I mean, if they were listening to Roll the Cast specifically for oh, Kids on Bikes, and right. this was the first time they'd encountered a postseason show, <laughs> not Got they were it. just jumping in at the postseason. You yes. maniacs, <laughs> if that's the case. It's a very strange way of listening to it in reverse order. Yeah. Um, do you have a little plan for what, you're gonna, what we're going to cover? God no. They're oh, very okay. similar to how I played. The game. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, so, well, let me turn it on you then. What? what, what huh. This is your debut. Ellen's first time. This is your debut. What, it is. How do, you, how do you feel? How do you feel to get one under your belt? I feel very... Well, it's, it's already done, but I still feel very nervous <laughs> about <laughs> it. Um, I, I think I, I put a lot of effort into... Somewhat counterintuitively, you might say, because Kids on Bikes is a very yes and improv heavy game that requires the whole kind of uh, uh, all the players adding into the story and building the world as you kind of go. I did not really feel confident to do that. So I did a whole bunch of prep work. Oh, there was pages upon pages. Pages upon pages as well. I really wanted to tell a specific story. Uh, and I love Australiana and Australian stories because I think we have a pretty a a pretty varied um kind of cultural landscape our our natural uh, like our natural life is so wonderful and strange and there's just a beautiful eeriness and excitement to Australia and I really wanted to explore that and I thought that would fit in nice with this kind of Steven Spielberg kids adventure Genre. It's also the very first Australian. No, that's not true. No, oh, yeah, 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 sorry. Sorry. But, but it's the very first, like, kind of like we really hearken <laughs> into the Australian, yeah. like, yeah. as you said, Australiana, right? It's the first yeah. time we're really like, hey, we're Australian podcasters. Yeah, Here's we- an Australian story. With the exception of you in Vampire <laughs> Season yeah. 2. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Going full yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah right. I, I felt incredibly nervous. To do it, I still feel nervous. I'm I'm very proud of of all the work that you all did and and that you all like stepped into it with such gusto. I think if I could do it all over, I would probably just give you all like more fun. Like I'd probably I'd probably allow you to have more input into ground zero than I actually did um, because Warawirin was kind of my invention. Obviously, you all added embellishments and your own lovely rumours and your own uh, NPCs and your own families and all, all that kind of things. But I, I'd be really interested into playing kids on bikes with you all as it kind of should be, which is every – okay, what town are we playing? Go, Chris. All right. Um, Dingus. Uh, yeah, what's the main export of this town? Go, Dongus. Phil. Uh, yeah, I mean I- – <laughs> I understand the instinct, and I think that that'll be gooder. It's. Did really you say gooder? <laughs> gooder. 
I no. There was, there was a random hesitation Back noise. Back off, everybody! <laughs> Slow down. Pump the brakes. Um, I, I think that would work really well around a casual table. I yeah. think something like us recording a season, we have to kind of fit it all together. Does require a level of kind of curation of those details. Mm. Um, so uh, you're wrong. Uh, no, it, it is well, something that we. <laughs> It is something that we don't talk about a lot is that a lot of these games, because obviously the whole ethos is of the show is that we're playing a lot of games that uh, people may not have heard of before. Yeah. Like yes. we, we stray away from D&D, um, which has come right into the public mainstream. But the weird thing is, is that a lot of these games, we haven't gone back and played casually, right? Like we played them for a season in mm. this podcast context. I haven't revisited Pulp. I almost did. Haven't revisited Kids on Bikes or Vampire. I have just started to because a few of us do streaming, but a lot of us kind of play these games and then put them down and haven't returned to them. Mm. So we yeah. have like a unique relationship to a lot of these games. We like to we like to tell a very specific story and I think uh, the genre dictated what kind of story I was interested in yeah. telling, something that is a bit um, eerie but also a bit fun and silly because I feel like that that that's where my strengths are. Um, but it's also that it's also the contrast that's so well highlighted by the Australian setting, right? That that the landscape is quite majestic and eerie, but the Australian character and the social character is quite jubilant. It's hilarious. It's quite flippant. <laughs> quite irreverent. Irreverent. Yeah. 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 So I we- mean, oh, my favourite ad- ad- addition or my favourite idea was the the idea of the Christ Cup for the Warrawirin Surfing oh, Championship right. because it was like you were nailed onto a, a surfing board. And I just <laughs> thought that that might, might be the smartest thing I've ever thought of and done in my life. And I really peaked way too early in this season. I, I do have like an, an opening question in regards to the inception of the idea. Yes. Um, I know for we all have different... Because now we've all been in the, the DM or GM or storyteller's chair, what have you. We all have different ways of approaching the season. For Ellen... You had something that was completely unique uh, heretofore in Roll to Cast, which mm-hmm. is you did the goddamn season before with another. You had a playtest group. <laughs> yeah, you went we- through almost the entire game yeah, with that yeah. group. And my my question is, how did it differ between our our podcasting group, your first love, right? Um, and the, and the group you played with, yeah, now, now, and, and boys. if the group and if the group you played with are listening. Uh, did we do it better? Zola, mm. Max, and Stan. We can yeah. we can name sure. names. Sure, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, and if they're listening, they better, better rate us five stars <laughs> on yeah. iTunes podcast. Uh, now, boys, don't be jealous. I love both my groups equally. Um, <laughs> it was it was interesting because I, as well, adding to that new time GM. Oh my god, my first GM experience is going to be broadcast mm. forever in perpetu- in perpetuity until long after I am dead. Hopefully, uh, who's paying the Hosting costs. Anyway, it doesn't matter. YouTube, your thank, daughter. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, my fictional daughter. Um, I, so I, I wanted to get a group of people that I was very uh, felt very safe with and I knew I could definitely bounce ideas off of and they were all uh, people I went to acting school with. Uh, and they had a very different dynamic right off the bat because we had two siblings who were twins very different in in kind of personalities. We had one who was a chatterbox and a bit of a, a mouth, uh, and then we had one who was a bit of a 
you know, didn't like to talk to people, very go off, do her own thing. So we had the two twins who were quite young and that matched up nicely because uh, Dickie, you kind of ended up being this mouthy character. Oh, yeah. Like you slotted in nicely to where Mm. he kind of explored because he had a crush on Brianna. And then in our story, Brianna was kind of a bit fond on you because of the similar age. In their playthrough, their dynamic was the two kids and one teen, Mm. which made for a very uh, Steve from Stranger Things, like Steve Harrington season two. Yeah, Yeah, where he's kind of like a bit beleaguered, but also he still really cares for these kids, which was just very funny. And there were some interesting parallels. So um, he had a somewhat... Not frosty relationship with his father, but he was kind of a teen rebel. And then when he went to the mine to talk to his dad, his dad kind of had this big heart to heart with him. Um, so there, there were interesting parallels where it all matched up. But did you did you change the plotting much? Did you change any of the plot points? Yeah, between the I, two? I added in ah, yeah. rumors that that you guys yeah. added in. Obviously, um, they they became NPCs in this world because I thought that was a nice way to. Honor them. Yeah, I was going to say Max was the teen that we all hated that's at the right. beach. Yeah, wasn't that's it? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't really hang out with the uh, Reed or Jules, the two twins, but Jason Pennington. Fucking Jason. Yeah, Jason, man. <laughs> was the teenage, the rich teenager that yeah, you Yeah, with a name all like Pennington. Hated. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> was that his last name? Pennington. God, Let me check, that's but disgusting. I'm fairly sure it was Pennington. Pretty sure was, it was Jason like, Pennington. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What was it? Nice Walkman. Because you got something it, you like yeah, yeah. Off him, yeah. That's Jason right. Pennington, seventeen, student layabout. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just uh, uh, I played with a, a friend of mine, Zola, who is very yes and, and she would just constantly be uh, exploring things. She wanted to. She, that's right. She broke into Keith's house, and I was Sweet. like, oh, "Why would fuck. you do that?" That's what I was thinking. I'm like, "Oh fuck, now I've got to think of a whole fucking thing that you can discover." Because my play style was. Um, because it is so yes and whatever you guys, whatever the direction you kind of went in, I would try and build around on the fly. Yeah, you lay, you lay clues in front of wherever the, yeah. the people tr- decide to go. I definitely had ideas for what kind of clues they would be. And so part of my anxiety, I think, was be, uh, was constantly thinking how I was going to place them. You know, if I had three different ideas of clues and you wanted to go to the abandoned house, what clue would I place there and yeah. why? Yeah. So yeah. I had a whole kind of cachet. It's of- like a very malleable Cluedo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. For, for me, that, that speaks to some of the sort of the illusion of choice sometimes that you have to play around with as a GM where you can say, yeah, you go wherever you want, but you kind of have to, you have to make decisions about what, what's there like wherever they go they have to still find the same things yes for the narrative to come together in you, a meaningful it, way like you, imagine if you're just like yeah you go to the abandoned house it's nothing yeah. there. Just, cool <laughs> and, and i f- i felt like i wanted to leave quite a lot but make them all make some of the clues have different interpretations yeah um and i think as long as it yeah. always pushes you towards the mine right Yes. That's the kind of secret, right? Is it has to push you towards the conclusion. Yeah. It doesn't matter so much how much you get there, like how you get there. That has that can be kind of free form as long as you get to that big set piece, right? Yeah. And that it was a pretty epic set piece. <laughs> so, so much. So speaking much. of like how we get there, I yes. think this is a good segue into our first question. Because a lot of these questions that we get from our fans have like a chronological tint to them. Yeah. So let's start at the very beginning. Uh, from why Breel? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, we, well, 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 well. This well, is well. from uh, 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 the over archiver 
or uh, Juliana. And it's oh. for Ellen. Where's this question coming from, Sean? This is coming from Twitter, Chris. Oh, excellent. Follow uh, us at BabyBeardMedia. Where'd you get <laughs> the idea for the plot? And how much did the players explore or deviate from what you had planned? Uh, and then I'll do the secondary part afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the secondary <laughs> part, so... Yes. Um, I actually went and so I, I, I think I had the idea of always setting it in Australia because I just thought that was an interesting place to do it. It's a creepy place. I love Australian mysteries. Um, and I thought, well, Kids on Bikes means that you have to set it in an era before smartphones are readily That's right. Available. It's in the book, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. and I have it in a town that is small enough to kind of ride bicycle to bicycle. And it just reminded me a lot of stories I heard when I was growing up because my dad and his family lived in a very rural country town um, and obviously grew up in the 70s. My father grew up in the 70s. So what I did is I went to my grandfather, Bernard Graham, <laughs> and I asked him all of the weird stories from when he lived in a country town in Australia. I've actually got some of the notes here. Um, And I just asked him for all the weird shit and all the spooky rumours and all the mysteries because when I was reading Kids on Bikes, that idea of rumours to the town and and spooky areas and nefarious things just really intrigued me. So I went and I asked him. And honestly, very fun thing to do to ask your grandparents all the fucked up shit that they (laughs) heard about when they were kids. At which point did he come up with the mirror dimension? Yeah, so that was uh, (laughs) when he tried acid. No, (laughs) but he worked in a mine and so did my father for most yeah. of their life and so um I, I that tied really nicely into the th- themes of kind of profiting off the land and mm-hmm. exploitation that i i wanted to tell uh but yeah he gave me some great shit the camel story that i tell uh where you know the the idea is that the the police station in the town is so small because it's really just one police officer that at one point they had a camel as a as evidence for a murder tied up out the front. Great. That was a real story. Okay. <laughs> that really happened in Lee Creek in South Australia. He also told me that there was a, a deserted house that was uh, the rumour is that the whole family died of tuberculosis. Um, just all these great, great stories. And I'm like, okay, Bernie, slow your roll. There's too much great shit. Write just all do, this your, down. do your voiceover, Bernie, okay? Come yeah. On. yeah, just come back and do a voiceover for you, for us. Thank you very much. Um, and, did, yeah. and did we take the story off the rails or did we, we, did we kind of much follow what you, what you expected of us? Hard to say if there were rails. <laughs> right, but, right, right. Um, <laughs> um, you definitely threw, threw me a lot of like loops, but you also threw me a lot of delicious gifts. Yeah. So because you're all much more proficient role players than I, there were moments where... Um, and just because the the tone then at the table had become so yes and or what about this or blah, 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 that then you would kind of be surreptitiously dropping hints or like, oh, what if it was like that? I'm like, mm, I'm going to steal that. And <laughs> yeah, do that. Uh, I did not expect you to kill <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all of them. Um, I mean, I expected you to kind of maybe do a Disney death on them. But uh, breaking someone's face was quite... Chucking him into a pit, eviscerating them with a big monster. Yeah, yeah. it was qu- that quite That was the unexpected. monster did it. Yeah. It wasn't Dickie. <laughs> no, not Dickie's fault. <laughs> I mean, he controlled it with his mind, but yeah. 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 Um, in my head, he asked him and the monster had its own... Like, the monster had its own volition. 
Uh, but I did still take two psychotropes. I mean, <laughs> they, I'm sorry, they they tortured ch- children. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, evil. yeah. They're, yeah. Ste- they're Stephen King villains of like, oh, yeah. oh my God, yeah. you're terrible people. Uh, well, I, yeah. I think the era of movies that this this kind of is based on often have quite kind of dark episodes to them. A hundred percent. Yeah, they're, they're not quite so... Uh, I mean, they're like Stranger Things, which... Um, if you listen to the interview next week, there's a very direct response. Yeah. Kids on Bikes is a very direct response to Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. Which obviously is itself a, a response to to Stephen King and, and Spielberg and stuff. But th- that is, Stranger Things has some really brutal, gruesome deaths. Mm, in it. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, yeah. Oh. Uh, and um, uh, um, Samwise Gamgee as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Goonies. Yeah. Thank you very oh, sorry. much. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Somehow hobbits come in. It's it's yeah. really wild in whatever season that is. Yeah, so it doesn't uh, feel, for me, it doesn't feel too, too out of, tone to no. do that at the end. And I think I was I was expected I I expected it but it was also I was probably not ready for Eric to charge the cop per se. Like ah. I I kind of did expect it but I just am not that confident in a combat scenario. And also Kids on Bikes is not a combat heavy game and just mm, my weak points are spatially uh, trying to figure out spatially where everyone is. I am right there we with you. That was my season. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, everyone's going to be frustrated, but I just don't understand where people are a lot of the time without a diagram. <laughs> uh, so that's on me. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. You're all, like I said, you're like, you're definitely ex- exploring different avenues, but you're also throwing me lifelines yeah. every time you did it. So yes and no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's also the uh, second part of the question, uh, question, which we can open up to everyone here, which is for all, how great slash terrible a name was Briel? Yes, <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> Chris, you literally have a response. Your eyes are twinkling. Chris definitely has a response. It's a Bruin. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Now's the time. Come on. I <laughs> hate saying this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he likes it. It's grown on yeah. me. Yes. <laughs> It's growing on me. It's, 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 I think like E.T., when you hear it the first time, you're like, that's actually dumb. <laughs> Breal. That's foolish. And then you're like, nah, I, tr- I track it. I get it. Yeah. I get behind it. it it's funny because <laughs> the whole reason it. for the name was, well, first of all, it's because a 10 year old said it. But yes. secondly, mm-hmm. because that was um, Dickie slash Sean's idea that Breal was Bree. Yeah, had been yes. had like consciousness eel. had been put yeah, into it. Like, yeah, yeah. Breeze and eel. It's Breel. A, it's, yeah. a poor, it's a poor manteau. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. when yeah. we found Breel, I was like, oh, oh damn. But by then it had <laughs> already mean, stuck. But yeah. that's yeah. kind of nice. You, The stories like that have, you know, red herrings or cul-de-sacs where you don't, they don't figure it out instantly. They think it's one thing. Oh, no, it's not. And I think that added to it a lot. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's still fucking hilarious. I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, you can hear my reaction in the show where I basically <laughs> crack up instantly because for me, it just hits that sweet spot of like, it's kind of naff, but it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so bad. It's good. I can't remember. It's, but it, oh, it's in Stranger charming. Things, doesn't, doesn't Dustin name the, one of the, dem, oh, the Demma the... baby something silly? <sighs> yeah. It's, it's a very kid thing to do. Yeah. And we totally rolled it with it. Yeah. I, I have a question for all of y'all. Um, what, what for you was the most exciting payoff? Or uncovering of the mystery. Because obviously you all got to add your own rumours and certain things in there. But 
uh, a lot of things unfurled throughout the series. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I really like the Leviathan. I think it's... It's such a kind of scale of a creature, mm. and 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 to find out that the that both Briel and the other small creature they're all kind of like fragments of a whole, mm. kind of expands the scope of it in this really great way. Um, that kind of mirrors the growing of Briel through the season. So Briel itself kind of grows, gets legs, becomes more and more of a creature, and you're like. What is this thing? Where does it come from? Why is it like this? Why does it constantly morph? Why does it have aspects of these different creatures? And then you see the Leviathan, which is like quite literally opalescent. Like it's a bit of everything all mashed together, you know, a prism of different creatures and ideas and forms. And the very fact that it fills a whole mind, that it just, it's this. It blows my mind. The scale of it really <laughs> blows my mind. And for me, that was really... It, I, I didn't expect it to get to that kind of scale. Yes. Right? And for me, that was like really mind-blowing and, and just trying to imagine it, this this colossal creature under a weird sky. For me, that was just... It was a great culmination. That's what I really liked, yeah. I think for myself, it's this is taking your question and skewing it a little bit. Yeah, it's more a... Uh, a, a payoff in terms of like what a DM will gift you, a GM will gift you in terms of rolling with things is that when you give them a choice and the and the role per se is almost astronomical, it's very unlikely that you'll succeed on it. And but it's like no, if you get it, we'll reward you with something. So the computer scene mm. is one of my favorites because like clearly I would presume you didn't expect Dicky to make that role no. it was quite massive <laughs> I really didn't but it was like seven, 17 oh a bit more than that I can't remember something yeah. like that yeah but it was I like I think it was 17 you had to and so you could only get it on a d20 yeah. Yeah. and then once that occurred it, you still had to guess the passwords and yeah. for those for those listening absolutely was not fudged in terms of like no. oh yes you got the password no like you I remember you told me that Minute when I, when I cracked in the computer you came up with some words in your head yes. of what those were going to be and I hit it and there's just that euphoria that comes from, like, it's yes ending, but it's I also <laughs> paying off somebody paying attention yeah. and there's, giving them something. There's a great comment. I can't remember if it's from Doug or Jonathan where they were talking about, in in a lot of games, dice explode maybe once, um, you know, or there's a cap on kind of explosions of dice. But I, I think it was Jonathan who was like, why don't the dice just keep exploding? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's very emblematic of that genre where the kid who is not very brawny suddenly at the end is able to lift up a car. You know, there there are moments for, for characters who are not really that strong in that certain thing to kind of prevail due, due to luck and kind of will and, and all that kind of duda. Yeah. Mm. Chris, did you have a Yeah, payoff? my favourite payoff is the school. Mm. Like just all the the kind of the fucked like office. Yeah, mm. I really enjoyed that moment, especially. I think it set the tone going forward. It's the first time we hear explicitly about how horrible the experiments are, mm. um, 
and as someone who loves their grit uh, <laughs> and their grime, I'm I'm a big fan of that. And their formaldehyde or yeah, whatever right. it is. It does mark a turning point, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the it's the like um it's the beginning of the crisis. It's the you know if we we've already gone through the instigating action, we've been in the cave, we've we've you know got Briel, we're we're on track. Brianna's missing. Brianna's we missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are now in crisis mode where things are bad. And yeah. this is the mm-hmm. first kind of like morsel of the why. Yeah. The why everything is happening. Yeah, we're establishing a villain. We're establishing kind of stakes and uh, more than just one person missing, but it's a, a, a greater sense of that. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed the atmosphere in that space. I like, because uh, it's an old church that's converted into yes. a, mm. a, a school. I like that you um, implemented both instances of uh, authority. Those are very yeah. traditional um Western archetypes of authority and power um, and, you know, being the, the villains, uh, a, a man, uh, they're very patriarchal institutes as well. So I thought that was a really nice moment in going, here's your, this, know your enemy. This is it. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's an institution. And it was, it was, a, it was big business, it right? Was the, yeah. The three, like the three biggest institutions that are very patriarchal and very, uh, you know, very white, very cis. Um, and it it was the thing, for me, it was the nice payoff of how I was designing the monsters in that uh, the monsters are the good ones, <laughs> you know. Yeah. The, yeah. the men in the town are the monsters. Yes. Um, these three kind of, the the, the trio, the triumvirate of, of Warawiran, of Bob. <sighs> yeah, this is my favourite. Bill Woolley. And Keith Thompson. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I, I, I did a bad there. That, and, and, that. and Bill Smith. And Bill Smith. <laughs> Bill oh, Smith. Fuck yeah. me. Um, that that the things that were unknown and you know eerie and unusual were actually the things that were your friends and mm, yes, and, and that were being taken advantage exactly, of. and yeah. wanted to protect you in the end. And so that was kind of my philosophy with designing. Uh, real <laughs> not that I called it real you know what actually that's another parallel in the test game they named it something stupid too Great. I think they named it something like John I don't know it was, it was something equally stupid ours is better it's, ours is better yeah real is better <laughs> it's uh, a thing that kids do isn't it yeah. but yeah and, and that was how I because the superpowered character in kids on bikes is a bit vague of how you can go about it but my idea was that the more kind you were to real the more aspects you would get. The more powerful it would be. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it fed on kindness. Yeah, and sweet. Vegemite. <laughs> we'll and jump Vegemite. into uh, the second uh, question from Juliana. Um, oh, one more for all. <gasps> what was one detail, bracket, character traits, backstory, plot threads, etc. end bracket, you wanted to explore but never got to? Oh, that is a very good qu- one because there are a lot uh, there was definitely something like uh, I, I got to explore it quite a lot at the beginning, but the relationship with uh, Jono and his sister Isabella and him being that young provider, it was kind of set up at the beginning and that's really nice, but it would have been cool to have it be a bit more active, like a, mm. a way to protect her or something. I, I, I don't see where it fits, but it was something about him that I really liked when I was creating him. Yeah. That like, it wasn't like he was a, abandoned to look after his sister. It's just like they they were just, the family's just spread really thin 
And so he kind of was stepping up. And I, I wanted to bring that out a bit more for yeah. him. Uh, and the other thing is, is I, I kind of hinted, I kind of laid in some things that he was maybe a little bit uh, a little bit ADHD like me. So yeah. Yeah, that's why he was like restless and, and, and got into kind of trouble and stuff like that. But, you know, was generally a, like a... A good person and that didn't really come out but that's that's fine as well i think it's, it's hard as well with uh, in regards to isabella in that a responsible kid will absolutely not bring their kid's sister no, along. No. so it's it's kind of um yeah it's the thing of having her in would be slightly counterintuitive to the to the character reacting in a let's drag in, you into yeah, danger yeah um but i did really love the the whole world building you did with making your family with making the Smiths. Um, I like all is, I like all the characters yeah. have yeah, great have really, really interesting realistic family lives. Yeah, Chris. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, Eric was gay. Uh-huh. Um, I, I tried to code it as much as possible in there, mm. um, but it didn't come out explicitly. Mm-hmm. It would have been cool to have like a, a guy-guy kiss scene. Um, Did was he sweet on anyone? Was he sweet on? Yeah, he's sweet on John. Yeah. John. Hey. I did get a very intense. Yeah, it bond was. It from was. Del- I was. I was aiming for homoerotic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I that, did get a very sweet vibe, but yeah, that, that, that was me as a bisexual trying to put myself in. Yeah. Um, I think John is just oblivious at this point. Yeah. Too young yeah. to know. Um, and uh, Eric's Eric's probably his relationship with his father. It was touched on early, but mm. um, it. it I think it became, I think I used it a little bit in that most of the male patriarchs who were the antagonists became kind of um, stand-ins yeah, for like yeah. representative. Yeah. Um, so that was that was useful and that, that played into it. But um, yeah, I would have liked to have a, a, I don't know, maybe a make-out scene in the, the school, yeah. school church scene. <laughs> I definitely- Or like a pining kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know that you say, you know, it wasn't explicit but i i definitely did get a very strong relationship from the two i think i never try and read romantic relationships into characters that are you know teenage or kids just i i don't know i always am like what they don't understand of course kids do they have yeah senses of romance unless they're aromantic but so uh, speaking yeah. of romantic um Ooh. uh mine would have been interesting to see just like another uh scene or two or follow-up with um uh brie and dickie yeah. Um, just she that's totes a, had a crush on you. Yeah, man. she totes you. <laughs> yes, right. Um, and it would have been just very cute to see uh, where that would have gone. Um, but of course, you know, she had to go so that the plot could the plot could commence, and that's fine. <laughs> I've made peace with that. Um, have, have you? The, have you? No. no. <laughs> 
Dickie has. Sean has. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Um, and the second one was just an. It was one of those instances where I go, "This is just a backstory thing. If it gets used, great. If it doesn't, fine." Are you going to um, say it? No, not yet. Okay. Not that. This is a different bit. Um, where uh, I mention his dad. Um, Dickie's dad mm. has like gone missing somewhere, and I was like, "This is just a thing of if it does come into the plot." Awesome. If not, it's fine. I'm not angry about it, but it would have been interesting to see where could have Dickie's dad weirdly come into the plot. Yes. Um, was he in the up the mirror world or who knows? Mm. I think it's kind of uh, there's something really tr- tragic about Dickie that that he has this fantasy that he's he's got this really epic reason for going missing, and the reality could it doesn't really matter what the reality is, no. but it's it's most likely a lot more sordid than that. That's mm. exactly right. A lot right. more grounded. And the tragedy is just is no one being able to just go like, yeah, Dickie, your, your dad's your dad just off left with your mum. Yeah, just yeah. your dad's a deadbeat. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry, <laughs> man. Yeah, he's got a new family up the top end, so I'm really yeah. sorry. He's gone <laughs> to Nimbin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to our international uh, listeners, the top end is the top end of Australia. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, to Chris. <laughs> and Nimbin, it's the Stoner Town. Yeah, Nimbin is where you have all the it's, the festivals. It's effectively the- legalized weed over there, which yeah. is not legal here in Australia yet. Maybe. No. Who knows? We did mention Nimbin at some point as oh, well. Yeah, we yeah, did. I can't remember where, but we did. It might have been in the in the um, episode zero. Mm, yeah. Or it could have. I think it came up in game, but probably in reference to teens and the idea that, you know, uh, probably in, in reference to Kate being missing and the idea that some people just move out of Warrawirin they because they can't hack it. They want to yeah. move to the big city and... Um, you know, that kind of very conservative town thing of, oh, they just, you know. Yeah, mixed in with town pride. Yeah. It's a hard thing to yeah. know. It that. is. We do have another We do have another question. I love Ooh, questions. Yeah. Uh, keep, so keep, keep them coming. This comes from Aramithius. Aramithius, uh, who posted this on, so we're part of the Robots Radio Network, and so our show, Roll to Cast, has a Discord there. And so this was posted on the Roll to Cast Discord of the Robots Radio Network. Aramithius says, I... May need to re-listen to that last episode, but I didn't get a sense of what actually happened to Brianna at the end. Everything got tied up with Briel and Dickie's <laughs> farewell to E.T. Mm-hmm. moment, and I didn't register whether Brianna was actually deopalized or not. Ellen, illuminate. Ooh, illuminate. I said I like- that bit. Oh. I editorialized, sorry. Oh. Well, that's very good, though. Thank you. Uh, well- <laughs> Defenestrate. Uh, yes. It, I can understand why that would be hard to keep track of, honestly, in that whole climax, I was finding it hard to keep track of There's where, a lot of us. where everyone was because not only did we have our three player characters, we had Kate, we had Brianna, we had Levi, we had Briel. The Leviathan was pretty much in the pit, so yeah. that's fine for now. But and then <laughs> and then also the antagonist as well. And then yeah. we had the antagonist, and it just it was a lot. Um, Good job. No, 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 no. Sorry, I tried to catch a mosquito mid-air with we just my hand. We all stopped to watch Ellen <laughs> do it, and then we all commentated on. Yeah. No, you didn't do it. You didn't. This do is what it. Australians do for fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of that's going on the cutting room. Um, yeah, you think that? Yeah. <laughs> so there is a lot, but we, as uh, Phil was kind of talking about it before we came in to record this, we do do a bit of a roll call of everyone is running up the stairs. Like we are all clearing the area safely to to get out of the mine before this kind of dimension collapses. And we do mention 
Brianna. And we do mention that someone asked, like, is Kate, I think Sean asked how Kate is doing, like, whether the opalization is, like, receding. Uh, you asked you that. Asked is you it me? Asked that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't lump that onto me, sir. Sorry, I was the insightful one. Some guy who's super Some cool. Guy. Some yeah. cool guy. Insightful. Yeah, so I asked, I don't know why I thought it was you. Uh, I asked that and you say how it's receding and it's kind of fading. So, yeah. I don't know, I, I kind of figure that's maybe what's going to happen with Brianna, yeah. but it's not explicit. It's right? not explicit. Ooh, maybe we could do season two. Oh. In my mind, it, the idea is that Levi and Bri all need to go. The connection needs to be severed so that the other dimension, so that the natural world can try and heal. Mm. Um, and that that tie would slowly fade yeah. because obviously it was a it was a bond this kind of psychic bond to the children yeah. was was instigated and controlled by the patriarchs of the town in the children and so now that Brianna is separated from Levi would kind of slowly fade. I like the first time that Brie <laughs> gets reunited with her mum. She's still got that ethereal voice. Yeah. Hi, hi, hi. So, oh my God, what happened? It's puberty. He shine a light yeah. on her and it just like casts yeah, yeah. Oh. Like shadows on behind her. Oh my God, she could like, you know, chew chew gum and swallow it and you see it like head down the esophagus. <laughs> She's like your own strepsilad. So, so I have a follow-up question. Yes. So I understand that they're using the creature's power to, like, create iron ore in our dimension so they can keep the mine going. Yeah. What is their end goal with what they're doing to the kids? Is it just literally just working out what the hell they can do with the power and they're just trying things out? Obviously, mind control has its has its own rewards, right? Mm. But was there a more... Did you think of, like, a more a more kind of focused goal for them or were they... Was it meant to be left to our imagination? It was... Kind of meant to be left to your imaginations. Yeah, I did cool. also feed in with the the history and and kind of setting that at this time there is conscription for the Vietnam War. Yeah. Whether whether the town is trying to, you know, emulate creating soldiers or vice versa, protect their children from needing to go off. Um I, I kind of just wanted to leave that vague because I don't think that I think they were still playing around in the idea. They had only had one instance of it working. Yes. At that point. Yes, that's yeah. right. And that was yeah. Brianna. So, yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I mean, I was just going to say, I, I think it's cool that it's it's just kind of a generalized nefariousness. And you can see that they're just kind of like, ooh, what can we do with these subjects? And that itself is kind of is even worse because they have no regard for they have this no goal they're just like oh well we've managed to do some good things with this let's let's just keep trying things with with you know no regard to the consequences mm. and that just feels like really dangerous and irresponsible it's also that know? thing of like what you come up with in your head is far worse yes, than, exactly. yeah. than exactly. it might actually be so yeah. yeah oh look my my question to all of you is what is your favorite moment from this season <laughs> It's easy. Oh, it's easy. Is easy. It? It's, it's easy. easy. Like what a is Sunday it morning? Sticky in a barrel. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on, guys. Sticky in a barrel. Come on. It's obvious. Which Come came on, from Chris, by the way. <laughs> it's sticky in a barrel. Yeah. Sticky in a barrel. Came it's got to be sticky in a barrel. That was Chris's idea. Uh, Why is that a surprise? Sticky <laughs> in a barrel. And like the payoff when like. Bill comes in the lift and we're all like, hi, hi. And then he pops oh, out of yeah. the barrel. You come out of the barrel to say hi. <laughs> oh, it's genius. I, I should have, you know what I should have done? I should have just had Bill faint. 
That would have been, that would have been very genre like. Yeah, it's pretty genre. Yeah. Double take and then fake. But I, I wanted the heartwarming stuff. So. And too right. <laughs> too bloody right, Mike. So that's my pick. Yeah. You yeah, can, you can both a, pick the same no, moment. Honest, it's great, honestly, it's my, my pick as it's well. It's a great Dick, pick. Dickie and Apparel. You know what? I think mine's the whole. Goddamn Vegemite debacle! Finding yeah. the Vegemite sandwich, right. yeah. stealing it, yeah. feeding it to Briel. Yeah. It actually cures Briel of shit. I'm so glad that that happened because in in the book with the superpowered character, when it uses its powers, it uses up psychic energy, and if it goes disastrously or if it doesn't go right, and they need to push it, then it it causes them a bit of health. And we had that with the the car. Um, and Brill exploding the cop's car. Uh, and and I was wondering if you were going to help Brill recover in somehow, yeah, but it was yeah, kind yeah. of hard because obviously you need to keep going. You need to get to the mine. There's kind of no time to stop and rest. So finding the sandwich <laughs> and having Brill eat it was just like my little eureka moment of oh fuck they can they can, they can heal they can, the help, they can help real recover some psychic energy tokens I actually, with an australian icon yeah. as well yeah, it's I think my, my actual favorite moment uh thinking about it is definitely the confrontation between keith and eric because it's at that moment that is, i was like yeah motherfucker might be about to die like i thought because you know kids on bikes isn't exactly a death heavy system but it is possible mm. and i thought well because i remember saying he probably has a gun. And you guys like, he's not going to have a gun. And I was like, he has a gun. Yeah. I was he's like, a, oh, he's God. a cop. Of course he has a gun. In the country. <laughs> it was a very real moment. And it's that thing yeah. of like, uh, Chris, your characterization of Eric is someone that will just do shit. Yeah. yeah. With, yeah. with no regard for his own, his yeah. own health. He's, was a, like, he's a bit of a kid with a death wish. And, yeah. I, and I, I, was, I was totally expecting... Uh, Eric to die then. I was shit mm. scared. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was very nervous because I well yeah it was a it's a big possibility that is hanging in the air. But then also, where does that take the story? You mm. know, obviously it would take it in a in in an interesting way, as all kind of additions and and yes endings do. Yeah. But well, how John no more no more hand <laughs> after that if you well- can. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's how right. Jono and Dicky would like now react when Keith comes down in the final moment, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, there's that extra like you killed our friend, and we already—that's the thing—we already know at that point that Keith is a very, very bad egg. I was talking about <laughs> this. We were joking about Phil swearing. You call Keith a cunt in episode five. Yes, I think. that's okay. right. Like, yeah. You yeah. are outright like he is a cunt, and I hate him <laughs> in character, not just Phil. <laughs> what about what about your favorite moment, Ellen? Oh, I have two. Can I do two? Yeah, I mean, two, you have two. Yeah, go okay. On. Right, the, I'm going to treat myself. I can have two as a treat. So, Phil putting together. <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah. Get when Chris Phil gets shitty together with us. <laughs> Kate's Not eye, shitty, which is encrusted with crystals, and Woolies, the rumor of what Woolies' glass eye is, and the fact that Kate reveals that. Wooly can see through her eye. Yeah, Chris is the and only one that got it <laughs> early. And Phil putting it together in such an excited way. <laughs> no, like it was beautiful. Like you were so excited about it. And Chris, you <laughs> you were livid. And I was just. Well, I remember because Phil very... said it. Then I then I was like, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. And Chris was like, what? <laughs> I I just felt very pleased because obviously it that meant that the clues had merit. Yes, for they a did. large like group, you know, so there would have been people who picked up on it early. Yeah, 
yeah. we would have found yes, it still we, satisfactory. We <laughs> <laughs> and there were people who put it together in that moment yeah. where it kind of all became very clear. And that just made me feel very chuffed as a storyteller. Yeah. yeah you know, but- I'll, I'll change my, my favorite moment. Okay. I, my favorite moment was early in the cave when it was the three of us. I really enjoyed that moment. Just that was the, the um, when we we're exploring the water, or no, well, when we went back when in, when we back back oh, in, yeah. we like we waited around for yeah. everyone to go, and yeah. we snuck in on our own. That and, was a nice moment. Yeah, that and was, everything was so confusing. Yes, and, yeah, yes. Is that is that top of the first hour in those kind of Stephen King books, right? When we yeah. we're just first interacting with the mystery. Yeah, and it's very dark and mysterious. Yeah, because it's just the characters against the world. Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that moment. Almost went into the cave while Dicky was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that that yeah. that was part of. That's why it stands out to me. It was so character driven. Mm. Yeah, mm. and that's a risk. I mean, in in my play group, one character went into the mine without the other two, and I'm like, how the fuck am I going to bring this together? And then we could never get uh, our schedules together. So that is unresolved, uh, people. Um, and don't split the favorite? party, guys. Yeah, yeah. don't yeah. split the party. You're lurching your GM. Uh, <laughs> split the party if one of you is willing to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Only I can kill characters. Um, <laughs> it, it was nice though. They got that that character got some nice intel. So I was kind of expecting a big kind of yeah. we'll get together and fill in the group. Uh, my my second one is. It's the instigating incident when Brianna goes missing. I was really Mm. pleased that you all were noticeably upset or reacting to the situation because speaking to my anxieties, this is a very tropey story. I mean, the character archetypes are called tropes, for God's sake. Yeah. But I think there was still a part of me that it's like, oh, but, you know, they're going to know everything. <laughs> like <laughs> they're going to know all the mysteries and then it's not going to be a mystery down under. It's just going to be. A- down under. Yeah. A cli- <laughs> it's just going to be some cliches down under. It's just going to yeah. be some cliches down under. Um, but when Brianna goes missing, the shock that you all experience. Um, you got rid of my date. <laughs> <laughs> and just the way that, that you all kind of flipped from a pretty jovial mood to then all now we're investigating now we're serious now we need to you know stop dicky from jumping off into the rails into some murky cave water yeah um i really just appreciated how that went down it really felt like we kind of earned it by that point by i think you know the the kind of the preamble the the opening act uh the exposition kind of section of the story is it's fairly long in this one compared to some other ones but it's all so fun and it really sets the stage for our characters such a point where that incident does happen that it feels so much more satisfying for us all to change modes, right? And for us all to be like, oh, here's the other side of our characters. I yes. think that's that th- those two things go hand in hand, I think. And I liked her disappearance because it was so the the environment that it happens in is very confusing and claustrophobic and everyone has to sort of go in and go out and headcount and you to me, it was a very kind of effective way to have someone just kind of vanish and think that's what what made me respond to it so strongly. Yeah. I think if anyone's ever been cave exploring before, even in a touristy one, mm. there is that very real fear that you could just someone or could just kind of go off down a crevice or a crack or something and yeah. that's it, they're gone. Yeah. I've gone caving before and it's... Proper caving. Proper caving. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. Where, where you have to squeeze through. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, my, my skin was getting ripped up and my oh, clothes God. were getting ripped up because you had to, like, my head had to go sideways oh, yeah. to get through oh, caves and stuff like that. But I think there's something about playing young children, teenagers, 
where a a scene that is not in your authority, right? You aren't as as player characters. Mm. You aren't necessarily the ones in control of the scene. There is someone who has greater authority than you, who is more powerful than you, who is more respected than you. Adults in this case, mm. they aren't sure what the answer is, yeah. and they're scared. Mm. And so, if you've earned that um, power dynamic, then your your characters are quite concerned and yeah. quite scared. It's like if the king receives you're playing a D and D game or whatever, and the king receives some news and he's scared. You're like, oh fuck, we need to be scared. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Especially yeah. that yeah. it's it's D, you know, who is the if, up until this point the expert being, on the cave being and very strong willed and yeah. clear yeah. about what they understand and they have a great deal of authority in this space. Mm. Yeah. Also, I know D and Brianna. All right, maybe I can work on being better Nate. But also, it's I I was talking to Sean about this. It is realistic to have a whole bunch of Australians. Can we just do a season where everyone has the same name? Because there are 20 Steves (laughs) in the town. But I was like, it is realistic in an Australian country town of that time period to have a whole bunch of Bills, Bobs, Bruce, oh, you know, yeah. that all Doug. that kind of yeah, that naming convention. Yeah. It's realistic, but that doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> and that and it doesn't mean it's easy for people listening to it, even if you made the story. Think of the listener. <laughs> so that's that's on me. I'll take that. I'll wear that and I will get better at naming. <laughs> I have a I have a final question. Yeah. Uh for for Phil and Chris especially. Because um, I know both of you, I'm pretty sure, didn't reveal certain things that were on your sheet. And I know especially uh, one of them is very... Uh, is It's for Chris because that's when uh, Eric always touches the back of his neck. I'm wondering what those things those things are on your sh- on your character sheet. They're the... the uh, so, mine was my fear. So, I never fear. told anyone my fear. So, um, uh, Jono's fear is uh, getting sick because his, his mother died of a severe illness oh. back in England. So he was very, very scared of getting sick and being and being um, catching something essentially. Right, that was his deepest fear. And yeah. that yeah, comes yeah. into play in the cave, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a little bit of worry that he'll get contaminated by something, and and he's a little bit scared in that moment. Yeah, but it never came out to the forefront. Oh yeah. god, especially because uh, this was another thing that I learned from talking to my my papa, Bernie. Um, in the town that he lived in, there was no doctor. They had a nurse in the other town that would kind of, you would go to if you had an emergency. Yeah. But for big issues, you were fucked. Like, that's that's it. You had a nurse in the other town. And the the other town is still an hour away. The Royal Flying Doctor Service? This was the seventies, and, when, was he was, and when he was, yeah, and when he hard, was, and when he still, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and when he was growing up, like you know, it was the fifties. It was the or the, it was the forties. It was the fifties. Mm. You know, so like I, I haven't wasn't able to talk to any of my dad's kind of generation, uh, but I talked to my grandfather since he would have had children growing up in that time. But yeah, it's you were incredibly isolated, and the fear of. Oh god! Like if something terrible happened, you mm. you you would just have to rely on your wits and the, you know, the rest of the town mm. to kind of try and help you. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. a so the, totally it, justifiable fear. In mechanically in the game, if you if you have a if you face your fear, you have to spend adversity tokens mm. to even even attempt rolls in the yeah, face. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. But never never kind of explicitly came up against that fear. Mm. And I kind of want – I don't think it's something Jono would talk about because it's how he lost his mum way That's back it. in the UK. This is why I wanted to keep it uh, secret just in case it did become a plot point. Yeah. In yeah. case that fear 
could would be realized. I'm I'm totally happy that it that it didn't. But yeah, that was yeah. that was the part that was hidden f- mm. from f- about John. I yeah, Chris. Uh, Eric was just nervous. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a it's nervous, just an anxious. Yeah. yeah it, was, it, was just a, it was just a physical choice that I was like, how do I convey nervousness in moments where my character won't talk? Mm. I'll just rub the back of my neck. I, yeah, it totally read for me. Are you saying that Eric doesn't have a tiny opal at the? <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret, ta- secret tattoo, secret brill. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Eric it's, it's, was brill. It's where his father controls him with a mind control chip or something. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and then go. he has to fight. Yeah. Season yeah. two, baby. Yeah. He's a punch no, hole no, honestly, he was just a nervous guy who uh, was scared of his dad mm. and yeah. wanted, to, wanted to run away from the town. Yeah. Just if I, I hated playing your dad. <laughs> huh? I hated playing a lot of the authority figures, except for Bill Woolley, because I based him oh, on no. a person that we know. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed you playing yes. that sort of character. I, yeah, I yeah. relished it from an acting standpoint, but there was a part of me that just felt sick to my stomach because uh, controversially, I don't like seeing kids in a distress. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Call me a bad guy. Both my, my floor and what's the other one? Your f- uh, you have your it floor... Fear. You have a fear. All characters have a fear. Am I correct? It's been a while since I've played the game. You have traits, fears, yep. and flaws. Yes. yes. You have uh, fears, hobbies, flaws, and then description. Yeah. So all of that I made explicitly known. Um, so I didn't keep anything. But I, I had an Easter egg <gasps> that, that Ellen knew about from creation. And I I honestly thought the two of you would pick up on it immediately. <laughs> but no one has. And no one... And it's been driving Sean insane <laughs> Go ever on. since. None of the listeners has either. Um, but that's all we have time for. Yeah. So I'm afraid... <laughs> so I'm to say it was me and... His, uh, his, his last name, Dickie Morse. Yeah, it's oh yeah, you, we've Morse. talked about this. Re- yeah, 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 it yeah, links yeah, yeah. to your character. Yeah, yeah we've in- never talked about this before. I'm sure, you've mentioned it. Yeah, yeah we've never. chatted about it off mic. Yeah, I've, I've never mentioned to anyone except Ellen. I think maybe you and I. Maybe then we did. talked about. We were it. just yeah. like, yeah, it's it's Detective Morse. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe we talked. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I think Chris and I must have talked about it's it. It's basically Jess is Kevin's mother. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. who you'd think because when. Sean first I pitched me the, the I idea. I crunched the numbers. Yeah. And originally it was going to be Dickie. I was no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, at some point we tweaked on the surname. I was like, I bet I bet he's linked them in some way. Yeah. yeah so, we did, a, so we didn't know explicitly a, the link. But it's yeah, a role to cast yeah. legacy character yeah. Yeah, for the first time. Basically, the events of Kids on Bikes uh, puts Jess on the straight and narrow. She saw some shit and wants to... And, Goes to start protecting people. Well, she, after can't, that. she can't smoke a cigar anymore. <laughs> Which means means more awareness in the world of darkness. And yeah, like, there is a there's I vampires think, and werewolves in the town or wherever. I think that works though. Yeah, yeah. Warren has been known to have interdimensional creatures in there's, it. How it's much? Very, it's there's true. a spirit world. There's an abyss. Yeah. I can make that work. How much yeah. weirder could vampires and werewolves <laughs> be? Honestly, oh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. vampires. Yes, but brill. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mage setting waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An opal leviathan from the from the mirror dimension. Yeah, I yeah. can make that happen. You're yeah. free to yeah. free to use any notes that you wish, just Chris. Just smash yeah. the mechanics happen. of vampire and KOB Why together. Why not? Two, two good tastes that taste great together, you know? No, 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 no. Shout out to Opals. Opals are great. Opals are, hey, opals are great. can we just give a quick shout out to Opals? <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Shout uh, out to Opals, guys. We are not sponsored by Opal, but Smile we would love in the to chat. be. <laughs> Hashtag Opals. Get I, them while they're hot. There's a very Australian thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, thing. I... Decidedly. Australia. Went up yes. to Cooper PD not that long ago. This big 
opal mining town. But yeah, they're beautiful stones and the way that you can opalize things. And yeah, it was just yeah. rife for opportunities. Mm. In our other role-playing game, we're using opals as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe hey. you and I are more similar than we like mm. to admit, Chris. Yeah, I know, no, we're just two, we're two versions of the same coin. Yeah. You're the dark macabre light one <laughs> and I'm the dark macabre dark one. Dark one. <laughs> You're happy to talk about murder podcasts. Yes. I'm sad to talk about murder. Spoopy and spooky. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. There you go. Which oh, one's which? You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt. So I feel like we're slowly coming to the conclusion of this episode. Yes. Um, unless we... Is there anything else, Ellen, you'd like to talk about in terms of KB before we before we have a bit of a a bit of a reveal of what's happening next season? <laughs> a breveal? <laughs> I tried. No, I don't, I don't think Thanks. so. I just would like to, again, thank you all so much for not... You know, say bearing with me, that sounds quite negative, but for supporting me. Yeah, there you go. For my first proper time finishing a game as a GM and doing it live, you were all incredibly wonderful players and your your additions and your advice uh, really did help. And I'm looking forward to kind of learning and growing even more. So It's kind of a testament to what people are saying online. It doesn't seem like your first time GMing whatsoever. Really? Yeah. I, w- I do resolve to, to it's better to not say anything and use the time to think than say kinder because I'm fucking sick of myself <laughs> saying it's kind of um because that's just me buying time to think. It, it's 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 part. <laughs> it's nature. Our, the, yeah. It's the nature of the beast. Listen yep. to yourself talk regularly. We've just all like, got our Whoa. things. <laughs> yeah, uh, but well done, that, honestly. Yeah, no, sincerely, well congratulations, awesome congratulations. Thank Very you. good. Um, so that's all I'd like to say, and I would like to hand it over to. Okay, so Ellen, you're fired. Phil, uh, you've got the job. <laughs> What are you doing now as the GM for us next season? So, yes, I'm doing my third season uh, for Roll to Cast. I've been uh, given the nod by my colleagues here. And uh, very shortly, you'll see us tackle The Witcher TTRPG. That is, again, by Artelsorian Games. Friends Um, of the pod. Friends uh, of the pod. By by Pondsmith and Pondsmith. Uh, So we're doing uh, uh, a little uh, adventure of my devising called the blood-soaked rose. <laughs> it was a time. So we have we have already recorded it at this stage. Uh, I had a lot of horrible fun doing it. <laughs> we don't, we don't um, want to say too much. I yeah, don't yeah. Think. I think yeah what, it's a different. It's just different. It's a different nice from teaser, this season. A nice teaser would be. It's definitely our darkest season yet. Yes, yes. that's a good way of saying. Definitely it. our yeah. darkest. I would. I would wager it's our darkest yet. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I would comfortably say, as someone who loves dark <laughs> games. <laughs> It's our darkest yet. Yeah. yeah. Very well told. And it's going to be quite a jump from, K-O-B. Yes. from yes. Kids on Bikes. Certainly is. Certainly is. So Kids on Bikes by Renegade Game Studios. Yes. That's correct. Very, very good. Next week we're talking to... Uh, Doug Lewandowski and Jonathan Gilmer. Who, who, Gilmer? Gilmer. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God, it's Jonathan Gilmer. <laughs> I think we made that joke in the interview as well. God damn it. Um, <laughs> they appreciated it both times. <laughs> yes. Uh, Doug Lewandowski and Jonathan Gilmore, who created the game together to amazing freelance game designers and creators and also a high school English teacher in Doug's case. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so look forward to that next week where we'll, we'll be interviewing the creators 
of Kids on Bike. There's a nice bow to finish up the present that was uh, Kids on Bikes for you this season. <laughs> and then the week after that, we jump right into episode zero for our season of The <laughs> Witcher, The Blood-Soaked Rose. The blood-soaked right. No rest for the wicked, right? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, until next week, I've been uh, Sean. I've been Chris. I've been Phil. And I am Ellen. Oh, bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, oh gee, bye, mate. <laughs> says goodbye as well. You have been listening to Mystery Down Under, which is a Roll to Cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash roll to cast. Kids on Bikes and all associated properties are trademark of Renegade Game Studios. Used with permission. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.